Give me two seconds to collect no, my definitely. thoughts and fill myself with more delicious thought lubricating rum. <laughs> mm, that's good thought lubricant. <laughs> Greasing the all mind. the verbiage. <laughs> Get that sailor talk going. Arr. Maybe this should just be the pirate cast. No, today. I don't have that in me today. <laughs> I, I didn't mean in like a historical context. I meant yeah. like a just fuck it. This is the podcast where we discuss how we are going to start boutoneering and pillaging and collecting bounty in the modern era. Charlie declares <laughs> piracy upon the Midwest. Yes. <laughs> a pillaging and plundering we now go. Yep. Avast, ye Midwesterners. I've come for ye booty. <laughs> but ye all be whitened from the Midwest, so there's not much of that here. <laughs> I'll be taking your money, though. <laughs> and your Land Rover. <laughs> Maybe for, like, the Monty Python. Got a lot of flat tracts of land. <laughs> you should have seen us coming from a mile away, lad. There's nothing here to obstruct your view. <laughs> this might as well be the ocean, you fool. <laughs> oh, we sail along the, the edge of the horizon. <laughs> How did you uh, sail a boat to Nebraska anyway? Shh. Don't worry about it. You what know you how there's a tectonic it? plate split in California? Yeah, well, we rode that the whole year. That doesn't extend here. It does now. The ship sails <laughs> on earthquake. <laughs> as slowly North America cracks like halfway <laughs> in the horizontal from, way. <laughs> might just sticky beard from Codename Kids next to it that sails a boat somehow around on dry land, just tearing <laughs> up the sidewalk where it's like, yep, sticky beard's been here. Oh my god, I have not seen that show in so many years. I do not remember him. I remember the delightful children from down the lane pretty effectively, though. <laughs> yes, they're terrifying. <laughs> Hello there, lad. This would be my boat. How did you get this boat here? Run a mountain. Would you like to join me, crew? Explain the fucking boat, man! <laughs> you have to be in on the crew to get an explanation on the boat. Part of the okay, ship, I joined the crew. the crew. The boat just works that way. Shut up. <laughs> Don't think about it. Hello and welcome to episode 36 of the Wicked Awesome Cast. As always, I'm Charlie, joined by my partner in crime, Jeff. Say hello, Jeff. Hello, Jeff. That works, you smart son of a bitch, and uh, we... <laughs> I don't know, uh, I'm going to have to stop you there. You, uh, don't call me smart. <laughs> fair, no, very fair, and we are Something Wicked Studios. Now, before we get rolling with our normal douchebaggery, whatever you want to call, whatever the hell it is me and Jeff point out once a week, um, we've changed up our recording day. Why does this matter? Well, we're recording on November 9th, 2016, for those in the far future, the day after the 2016 elections, and that's been a tough day for lots of people, both me and Jeff included. A lot of people I care about are having a bit of a hard time for a variety of reasons with today, and we thought we'd take a chance to acknowledge that. Um, we'd also thought we'd take a chance to draw special attention, whatever the right word is, to the fact that, uh, Jim, we're here for you, etc., etc. Those who know Dr. Jim know he's a frequent member of Metal Gear and a bunch of other videos we do. He is having an especially hard time with this because him and his family are Muslim, and it kind of fucking sucks to be him right now. So, buddy, we're here yeah. for you. 
Yeah. Really hoping the best for you, dude. Yeah. And, and the same, or let's say the same extension for the, uh, the star of girlfriend games who has yeah. also been affected by it. Yes. No, Jen. And uh, we, thought about canceling the podcast briefly given light of events doing a, another kind of preamble podcast but me and jeff both kind of believe in the policy of what doesn't kill you makes you stronger and if we can light your mood up some in this kind of dark depressing time for a bunch we've done our job and that's kind of all we can ask for our, out of ourselves on a podcast so we're doing this anyway we apologize if we're not quite as on or over the top as normal but like we said Today and life kind of sucks a little bit right now, depending on who you are. So, yeah, sit back, relax. We hope it's an okay one. We hope it's at least an okay one, hopefully a good one, like we always try and put out. So, but yeah, welcome to episode 36. What the fuck you been up to, Jeff? <laughs> so, I'll start with Charlie is uh, looking at me over the cusp of a gloriously filled glass of rum. Um, that said... So this week was very interesting for me, um, or at least my weekend was interesting. The rest of the week, I actually wound up like, I know I've been saying this a lot of weeks in a row, but a lot of weeks in a row, it's been true that work's been absolutely nuts for me. So I've basically been coming home and continuing to watch Red vs. Blue. Um, I'm now into like season four of it, and I still love that show. Um, but as for my weekend... So this weekend, I got to go back down to Massachusetts and visit my family. And my parents got tickets to go see Bob Newhart. Um, and that was really, really, really funny, <laughs> as one would expect from, you know, a person who's been in comedy for that long. Not sure. That said, he was infinitely less politically correct than I was expecting from <laughs> a 70-year-old year old man. At the same time, I probably should have expected that from a 78-year-old man. Yeah, you, you lose your sense of political correctness around age 60. Yeah, some some kind of grandpa kind of a thing about that. Unfortunately, um, yeah. Yeah, but he was really funny. I was actually amazed he actually stood for the entire show, even though they had a chair up there for him. That's cool. Yeah, and it's kind of one of those nice things that, like, he doesn't have the joke density of other comedians. Like, he isn't coming at your rapid fire. He's much more telling stories. Yeah. But the number of tours that Bob Newhart will be able to do, I do, I believe, is a dwindling number. No, that makes sense. Um, He's so I got to there. do that. Yeah. So the other thing I got to do was um, I have a bunch of friends from, um, well, I have a friend from who I went to college with who's from Turkey, and every year I try and convince her and a couple of our other friends to go do winter sports, and okay. basically I get the answer, no, that's cold. Um, cause hey, most met of my, my friends, girlfriend then, okay, so it's not just people yeah. from Los Angeles that are lame. Yeah, yeah, they're from areas where it is very, very warm, so I'm like, nah, you gotta try either snowboarding or skating. They're both tons of fun, trust me. They're like, ah, no, that's At least winter. go tubing. Yep, so they resisted me for an entire year, and then now that I'm trying to get back into hockey, I went and got my uh, goalie skates cleaned up, because they literally were starting to rust, because it's been so long since I've been on them. Damn, yeah. Um, the regular player skates aren't rusty, but the goalie skates were. And um, so I was like, Okay, tell you what, I need to go break these skates back in. I'm going to a public skate. You all should come. So she wound up inviting another friend from Turkey, and I'm like, well, that's two strikes against winter. <laughs> um, 
and two friends who I don't know specifically where they were from, but if I had to guess, I think they're from mainland or they're from China, but I don't know. Um, they told me one word that I forget what the word was, but they told me it meant um, like master or teacher. Okay. And it wasn't sensei, so I know they weren't speaking Japanese, but okay. I don't know what language they were speaking. Um, but they were extremely nice. And um, by the end, all of them were asking me if rinks sell um, like season passes for skating. <laughs> so I, I, I now have some skates. converts to the, uh, to, the, to the ways of the winter. Now I just have to get them all snowboarding. <laughs> That's a harder sell. A uh, little bit. Uh, so someone who works in a weird industry, I can say for a matter of a fact that a lot of Asian countries actually do have weirdly prominent ice skating cultures. Mm-hmm. That's a bit of an easier sell. Also, it's easier to maintain, easier to set up because it's just shit tons of Freon, a cement slab, and ice. Mm-hmm. Yep, and it's easier to do indoors. Building a rink, easy. Building a mountain, not so easy. Yeah, although I have worked on an indoor ski park at least once in my life. Really? Yeah, we'll go into that some other day, though. Say, that's pretty awesome. No, it's not. (laughs) As someone who's been to a real ski mountain, you spend the entire time going, this is the lamest bullshit ever. (laughs) Yep. Yeah, my younger brother, who's now skied, like, all over the world because of, uh... Rich So my brother's key... Yeah, I say, my brother's key to success is no rich kid. (laughs) Um... So I guess taking a break for a funny story, my brother got to go and ski in Argentina because he has a friend who was rich and his mom was basically like, so you want to go ski Argentina? And he's like, yes. And she's like, well, what happens if you break your leg? And he goes, I don't know. I just break my leg. She goes, well, I want someone to go with you so that at least someone will, you know, be able to contact us or something. My bro- And he chose my brother. My brother's like, that was a dumb move. I mean, I don't know what they thought I'd do if you broke his leg. I just leave him in the hospital and go snowboarding. Yeah. Essentially. So he, uh, so my brother got a free skiing trip down to Argentina out of this. And my mom was like, if you two get kidnapped or something like that, he's the one who's worth money. So you're the one who's going to get chopped up and mailed back to us. (laughs) You are the scapegoat here. Yeah. I never thought I'd say this, but your brother has done something my sister would be envious of. Um, was he doing the glacier (laughs) skiing or the mountain skiing? He was doing the mountain skiing. Um, but he also got to do the, like, you take, like, a helicopter to a spot, and then you hike another half hour to an area of the mountain that literally no one has skied on. Yeah, my sister's always wanted all. to do that. Yep. I have done say. that, so I can say it's pretty damn cool. <laughs> you can say that with some real conviction. No, I, I got to do the aerial <laughs> drop on a snowboard once, which was pretty sweet. Oh, that is fucking awesome. I lied my way onto that helicopter. Yeah, I'm totally part of the crew. Don't I look like it? You appear to be like four years younger than the rest of the crew. I I don't know. I got this bag. They're just old. Yeah. got this (laughs) bag here. You're the weed guy. Sure. (laughs) How or where did it? Actually, I don't know if I'm allowed to out where you did this. No, it was Jackson Hole. We did a helicopter drop on one of the um, Glade Mountains. That's awesome. I lied my ass off for two hours. Yep. Also, I've spent the last, like, two, or on a random note, I've spent the last, like, two days slowly being like, is my voice going? Eh? Eh? Is it going? Eh? Eh? So if I wind up without a voice by the end of this podcast, I will not be surprised. We'll know at the end now, won't we? Yes. So have you been playing anything or just watching stuff? 
mostly um, watching stuff. I played a little bit of... Um, this is kind of the news thing, but the League of Legends new season has officially launched as of today. Ooh. So I've played like one game of that, and it was fucking crazy go nuts. <laughs> Let me guess at something. Did they change characters that people beloved because they were slightly overpowered and suddenly make a bunch of characters no one cared about previously relevant? Actually, no. <laughs> oh. Um, they just changed the way they changed the way all the assassins worked. And the thing is, is because that's the flavor of the minute. Everyone's playing assassins constantly. Huh. Um, it's kind of they boring. took characters that were broke and made them broke in a different way. <laughs> <laughs> so it's kind of like, no, they didn't succeed at accomplishing what you described. <laughs> wow. Or at least not as of hour one. I don't know. It'll Fair. be, I say, I'll, I'll know a, more in like a couple months or weeks they've broken both um, legs to make them faster runners that's how it yep. works right yep and i've played a little bit of overwatch and now i'm starting to play competitive and i'm learning very quickly holy shit i do not know as much about overwatch as i thought <laughs> because once you go into competitive it is a whole new game because people are like how is, com- how is competitive mode competitive mode is it's complicatedly long answer for a simple concept no um, it's go for it so it's so it's you start out on a uh, push the cart map, or there's king of the hill okay. maps, and those are quicker and faster. And the king of the hills are just you know best two out of three. And the push the carts are one team plays push the cart. If they or for each point they capture, the game like clocks it, and the next team has to successfully do push the cart faster than the previous team. That's kind of cool, actually. And if they do it successfully, they then goes to a game three, where mm. the team that did uh, or the team that played the first time has to win again. Um, or it then can go to each team has to try and take the first point faster than either team did previously. So the game's like get on the point in under sixty seconds, and then it starts adding a minute after that to bounce back and forth. So that's kind of cool. Yeah, it gets friggin' crazy go nuts. But because people are on the clock and timing matters, in competitive, people move so much faster and, sure. like, friggin' blitz you on, like, in, uh, like, casual. Casual people kind of like, I'll be, you know, in the back collective, pick my shots and whatnot. And in competitive, it's like, no, you don't have time for that shit. Guess I'll play Bastion this round. Oh, God, no! Pretty much. That didn't stop me from winning with uh, attack Bastions on my team, but... That said, I lost some games. <laughs> we put the bastions on the cart, and then it became a mobile turret. Well, you need to get to the point where the cart's unlocked yeah. first. <laughs> I, it was hilarious. I had a bastion saying, group with me today, and I'm like, what? <laughs> group with you, what? And then we all stand in the same spot? I don't understand your plan. He's one of those hardcore <laughs> You're mobile, mobile bastions. Yeah, these hardcore mobile bastions. You never use a turret for them, yeah. Yeah. Just repairs constantly, drawing <laughs> fire. No one knew Bastion's really a tank. He's yeah. he's just like Roadhog. He's got well, that self heal. Yeah, he's halfway there. He's literally a tank technically, but. Dun. Aren't you impressed how much Overwatch I know? <laughs> I actually am a little bit. I, because I were to start saying League of Legends stuff and naming characters, you'd be like, whatever, Jeff. But you're you're very intimately involved in or in understanding what each of these guys does. I did an Overwatch video. We played some characters. 
Mm-hmm. Nice. That's how I know I don't like the healing in that game. <laughs> well, they've changed a lot of it around. No, it's... I, I keep thinking about being like, yeah, maybe I should give this game a second chance, and then something else comes out, and I go, nope, no second chance is Overwatch. <laughs> we still In your defense, good. the games you've been playing all sound awesome. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, they have been. <laughs> they really have been. Segwaying. Uh, so <laughs> I haven't been doing that much video game playing. I've kept up with the Titanfall because, well, Titanfall is life for me at this point, and while running and shooting fools in the face makes me happy. Mm-hmm. There's a certain joy you can only get from wall running and headshotting at the same time. Mm-hmm. And then rodeoing someone's Titan to death. That's that's also pretty fucking awesome. <laughs> I almost feel like this is one of those, like, the thing in Seinfeld where George wanted to have sex while watching TV while eating a sandwich and just trifecta all of his desires at once. And it became, they started telling him, like, be careful, you'll fly too close to the sun, Icarus. <laughs> well, so that's kind of Titanfall, because, like, on one hand, it's like, do you wish Mirror's Edge was faster and a little more freeform? And then on the other hand, it's like, do you want a game that's actually fun to play? And when you take those two concepts and mash them together, and then be like, oh, yeah, we threw in a mecha armor, too, you go, okay, I see what you did there, Titanfall. What? You made the game that specifically caters to all the things I love. Movement systems, shooting multiplayer, and giant robots. Mm. Nice. We, we have some cool custom skins for the robots that do ridiculous things. Is one of them like a weird smiley face? Several of them are. Best game ever. Mm. Nah, I've been weird playing a lot of Titanfall. Weird smiley face? You can, like, get custom paint jobs for the Titan. They have, like, a weird thing on their chest. And the number of, like, evil-ass smiley faces for the chest of Titans is entertaining. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, I've been playing way too much Titanfall. It's all I've been playing lately for the most mm-hmm. part. I, I keep looking at... So, because of Titanfall, I actually keep looking at Warframe and going, you know, that's kind of Destiny with wall runs. And I do kind of like the combat in that game. But it's some weird third-person bullshit. But you did like it. I did like it. We wait. Maybe we go back to playing that soon. We watch Death Clock. Yes, exactly. Like, every couple days it's like, you know, you still have Warframe installed. Maybe you should, like, log in and play some for, like, an hour or so. No, no, there's Titanfall to play. But, like... There's a loot system and wall runs and you could be a ninja robot. Right, but there's no summon my giant mecha from the sky button. I that might be pending. Uh, that'd be cool. Uh, that say video games, the best ideas come from other people. If your game is in the future, you should have a summon giant mecha from the sky button. <laughs> Just saying. Just saying. Like every every future based video game can be improved with summon a giant mecha from the sky button. So, CD Projekt Red, we know what you have planned in the most loose sense of the word no. Here is your quest. (laughs) You should add a summon giant robot from the sky button to whatever the fuck that game is. Yeah. 
but it takes place in like a metropolis. It'd be impractical. I said Mecca from the sky! I've dropped the Titan and Titanfall into a metropolis area. It hasn't stopped me. You know what stops Titans? Concrete. <laughs> they land just the same. <laughs> and the many, many innocent bystanders underneath them. I, and their heavy, heavy ass boots. If they're hanging out during a firefight, that's on them. <laughs> I'm sorry. Anytime someone stays around when giant robots show up in a video game or an anime or a movie, it's like, really? You didn't think to leave the moment the giant fuck-off robot showed up. Like, that's the first indicator of maybe it's time to go. <laughs> uh, yeah, gunfire is a good reason to leave. Yeah, it's especially with giant gunfire, where it's like, okay, this gun shoots Cadillacs. Not literal Cadillacs, just Bullets the size of Cadillacs. Mm -hmm. And denser, because Cadillacs aren't solid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, if you're... Or the minute that mechs really become an active thing and aren't just like... They never will. That one or two exoskeleton thing from Japan that yeah. you see every now and again. Until... Or once we get past that, you now need to know, like, okay, I hear gunfire. Yeah, I don't want to go near there. There could be any kind of, you know... Whatever's going down there is bad. But once we know that we are in the mech-enforced future, you know, I need to get out of this state. Yeah. It's <laughs> I, need to, I need to get in a car and drive miles from See this, this location. Map? I've drawn a circle around the city. None of us should be there. Yep. <laughs> Why? I heard mecha fighting going on. Yep. Next thing I know, there's going to be Saiyans in the sky, and I know what they do to terrain. <laughs> Okay, so uh, moving on from that one, I yeah, I've been <laughs> Titanfall. I have been watching some stuff. I started watching the show on um, People of Earth, which, if you're looking for a real dumb, weird ass show, People of Earth might be the right show to look into. It's it's a show about alien abduction survivors. Sorry, alien encounterers. Mm -hmm. And it's a real show, not a reality show. So it's like scripted and shit, but it's esoteric mm -hmm. and strange as. Fuck. Which is kind mm -hmm. of what I'm into right now. I want shows that make no goddamn sense when you think about them. <laughs> nice. No, but also, so, um, for those who follow the Instagram and the Twitter and the Facebook, you may have seen that the, um, social media person mentioned that, um, yes, we're aware Extra Life happened over the weekend. No, we weren't streaming. That will come sometime in the future. Me, Jeff, Alex, Jim, and whoever else is involved will figure that out. There will be Jackbox. There will be Nidhogg. There will probably be some Grand Theft Auto. There may be some other stuff. Who knows what we'll be playing, but I promise there won't be Order 1886, or I promise there will be <laughs> nothing but the Order 1886. I'm not sure which yet. Oh, man, I like that last option. <laughs> nothing but the Order 1886. I mean, if we play nothing but the Order 1886 over the course of 24 hours, let's see, we beat that game in six hours. I'm sure we could speed run that one down to four, and you kill, what, nine werewolves over the course of that game? Yeah, we'd kill, so, like, 36 werewolves. <laughs> yeah. How fulfilling. Yeah. <laughs> I love the fact that if you go back and look at that stuff, I'm the one that killed most of the werewolves, where, like, it was just I was the one playing at that time, and I got to play with the best guns. Oh, I'm sure. Well, the thing is, is it, whoever, if you got to kill one werewolf, you got to kill three. Like, that's how that game presented that 
challenge? No, no, I mean, I killed drunk? the final boss for that game. I killed all of the werewolves I think you fight. And I got to use the thermite gun. Like, I got to do all of the cool moments of that game just based on pure kind of the round-robin system we were using to play that bullshit. Oh, yeah, CD Projekt Red. Ther- thermite gun, too, because apparently I'm just giving you my Christmas wish list right now. And more than three werewolf fights. <laughs> Any yes, game also, can benefit from four or more werewolf fights. I mean, you already have the Witcher, you've already got the everything, and you don't have to use the word lycanthropy unless you really want to. What would a cyberpunk version of a werewolf be? Like, a Awesome. Yeah, well, aside from that, <laughs> I mean, like, would that be like some dude who uses, like, animatronics to turn into a werewolf? I'm, like, imagining, like, a... I mean, I'm going back to, like, my 40K roots, and it's, like, the bionic implants and a wolf, and it's, like, I happen to have a bionic limb. I also happen to be a werewolf. It gains control of the bionics, too. So it's, like, a werewolf, but turbocharged. Oh, sorry. You missed the obvious connection, which was just space wolves. Yes, this is true. That's what a cyberpunk werewolf is. An entire faction, essentially, of Warhammer 40K Say thirteenth company. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, yeah. That's that's exactly what that is. So they're <laughs> werewolves. Yeah, and they were power and an armor. <laughs> Why <laughs> would you play any other army? You raise a fair point. <laughs> it's like friggin' like bear cavalry. Now you're fucked. <laughs> bear cavalry. So it's cavalry that rides bears. Yes. Again. Why would I use anything but this? <laughs> yeah. oh, no kidding. Nah, so bear cavalry and um, space wolves side. I, I, I have I extra life the the official extra life marathon for 2016 happened. Over six million bucks were raised. Ours is forthcoming. I did go to the extra life LA event, and as a result, I have um gotten a chance to observe and play Dragon Ball Xenoverse 2. Ooh. It is now with bad. the hackers. <laughs> Aww. I I want to like that game cuz deep down some part of me still like fucking yeah, Dragon Ball Z. But the part of me that knows better is also like fucking yeah, Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> Thing is is the Budokai games are great. Xenoverse, and, yeah. Well, I, I, yeah, I'm talking no, no, no. Budokai right now. The, the It lends itself phenomenally to a 2D fighter, or 2.5D. I don't know how you want to count that one for the dimensions the game kind of fights in. I'm going to say 2.7 just to be weird and contrary. It's a 2.7 yep. fighter. Okay, 2.7 fighter. So, a new SWS word. Um, so they lend themselves really well. I've always wanted, like, a really good, like, 3D adventure game that's in the DBZ universe that, like, worked well. And they've taken, they've, like, tried handheld games with it, and they've done, like, 2D shit with it, but they've never, like, put some real effort behind it. Yeah. Um, And this was kind of their chance, I think, and... Yeah, it's in concept because the the Xenoverse games have the Budokai fighting system. The issue is they're both as complicated and toned back so every DBZ fan can play them. So it's like, yeah, you can do some cool-ass shit, 
by holding down the triangle button. That's mm -hmm. a failure. Yeah, because I remember the DBZ Budokai used to get good at all the ultimate moves and stuff, and those were at least somewhat combo-y, but... Yeah. It, it really, you could tell how the game changed between DBZ, or between Budokai 1 and Budokai 2, in that they made the ability to just do Kamehameha waves, like, way easier in 2, so it became like, oh, your opponent's standing far away from you, just spam at him. Yeah, that's that's kind of what that game feels like, I... And don't get me wrong, the game's kind of cool. If you're a Dragon Ball Z fan, I'm sure you'll be a big fan of Xenoverse 2. I still am like, yeah, I might buy that if it's ever 20 bucks because that looks stupid in the best way possible. But it's it, it's a real slow game. And as a result of this game being an Extra Life, I sort of back up a step. The Extra Life LA Guild chapter, we had our official event at the KO Gaming Lounge located at, in almost Orange County. Not a bad place, pretty cool place, nice space for that kind of stuff. But so, as a result of this, I got in a giant verbal argument with someone about why would you play anything but whatever the fuck Majin Buu's race is. Mm-hmm. And you were for or against Majin Buu's You should race. always be Majin Buu. Okay. Buu is, it's one of these things where it's like, oh, but I can't be a Super Saiyan then. That's right. If you're Majin Buu, you never have to get more powerful because you're already brokenly powerful. <laughs> I mean, is this a metaphysical conversation or a game mechanics conversation? In a established world of the Dragon Ball Z-ness, Majin Buu if starts you, if off you could... too powerful and proceeds to get more powerful by getting skinnier and shorter? And multiplying. And multiplying. Like, the limits to Majin Buu's power are, as far as the show concerned, essentially the power of plot devices. Like... Power creep. <laughs> basically, yeah. Where it's like, oh, Super Saiyans have to get angry and then they power up. Why would you play anything but a species that has no bones to break, has a putty-like skin can shapeshift, and gets significantly more powerful by just losing weight and starts <laughs> off brokenly powerful. And all it had to do was cut out candy. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I, I, I see the if Charlie could was presented this as like a genie could turn you into any of the above. Yeah. That what your option would be. Yeah. Wait, so you're saying when I lose weight, I get more powerful? Yeah. And not like exercise, just get smaller? Yeah. And I have no physical bones to break? Yeah. And I have just some, like, crazy magic powers on top of having, like, chi powers? Yeah. Yeah, you can turn people into candy. Yeah. Anyone you want. Fuck yeah, I'd be Majin Buu if I could. <laughs> Fair enough. Watching Boo is fucking awesome. Well, either that or like the only other option I could think of is Captain Ginyu, because then I can literally go around stealing my or I can steal your Majin Boo body. <laughs> yeah, but at the same time though too, we've seen how that works. Like we have seen how that works. It didn't pan out for him no. for plot reasons. Yeah, I and then your only move is like, hey, I can steal bodies at that point. It is, but it's kind of soul-bound, so if ever should I encounter a creature that's more powerful than Majin Buu, 
you can jump to it. This is true. But still, like, wouldn't you just rather start off being Majin Buu? That is fair. And we're not even totally convinced you could swap mines with Majin Buu. Like, maybe you just... What's there to swap exactly. with? Exactly. <laughs> like, you just swap mines with, like, Kid Buu or something then, where it's like, no, it's one of the five split personalities. You're just locked in here with the rest of us now, sucker. Hmm. I don't know, but... Yeah, I played some Dragon Ball Xenoverse. It is not great. The combat system's fantastic. The rest of the game is working overtime to make you not play it anymore. Working overtime to make you not play it anymore. That's lots an interesting of, description. Lots of lo uh, hoops you have to jump through to get that game going. Like, when the game is fighting and kind of gunning for it, it's kind of cool. You feel, like very you feel like you're playing an episode of Dragon Ball Z. It's the downtime of like, hey, go talk to nine people so you can get your flying license. That shit sucks. Oh, yeah, that blows. And there's lots of stuff that feels like that, where it's like, it's like I just want to fight through all the iconic fights from Dragon Ball Z. Go fight Raditz for the third time. Why? Mm hmm I already killed his ass twice, but now he has a robot friend. No. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Raditz... As a big fan of Dragon Ball... I have had this explained to me, and I do fully understand that when you switch over to DBZ, it is no longer the strength of the things on Earth. It is now the strength of the things in the universe, and what Goku encounters is infinitely more strong than anything that ever occurred or appeared in Dragon Ball. But my god, did or like the fights with rats and stuff, I'm like, man, Goku became a bitch when he got old. Yeah, I, <laughs> but the issue with that then, though, too, is part of Dragon Ball, he fights Piccolo, an enemy mm -hmm. from the stars, technically. Yep. And pretty much there there isn't much of a case for any of the creatures that are in that show for actually being from Earth. Like there's pig people and whatever the fuck Chow Tzu is. And Tien isn't exactly normal either. Yeah, he's pretty normal. Yamcha is whatever and Krillin I guess could be a human. <laughs> uh, Yamcha's definitely more human than Krillin is. Like remember Yeah. Technically speaking, Krillin has the most is the most powerful human in the world because he scales with gods. Where it's like I'm not super relevant, but I'm still kind of relevant somehow. Yeah, I'm more relevant than the rest of you. Yeah, exactly. Like Yamcha's like, what do you got? Nothing. What's Krillin got? Destructo disc. Exactly. Yeah. Well, you do that over there. I'm just gonna fling a fucking disc at you. A move that remains relevant way after Krillin no longer is. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. Or doesn't Goku steal that move at some point? Yes! That's how good okay, a move yeah. it is! <laughs> it's. I don't remember Goku doing Wolf Fang Fist at any point. <laughs> Man, that'd be an awesome episode. <laughs> Wait, would it be? In this episode, Goku gets the shit kicked out of him. And he uses Wolfang Fist. You shouldn't have imitated Yamcha. Well, <laughs> imitating Yamcha is how you get the shit kicked out of you. That's what Yamcha has for a living. Just... <laughs> yep. To be fair, in the Xenoverse 2 game, one of Yamcha's special moves is play dead. What? One of his special moves is pretend to be dead. Now, I'll admit, I've seen a lot of DBZ. I have not seen every single episode they ever produced. Am I missing something here? Um, 
You mean aside for Yamcha's eventually useless ass character no one cares about? No, not not really. That's basically the yeah, gist of things. Not, not other than him just fading into the wind. Yeah. <laughs> Remember oh how cool he was God. in Dragon Ball? Yeah, yeah, we're, we're going to fix that. <laughs> sort of. Everyone will be I don't know, I wasn't too big on him in Dragon Ball. Everyone Ever feel like Goku wins all the fights that bad and everyone else gets the shit kicked out of him? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, Young Krillin's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. I need to, like, produce a bunch of music and have DBZ running on my side monitor. Yeah. Who knows what random creativity that'll spawn. I should go back and watch Dragon Ball, but... Yeah, that's about it for mm. what I've been watching and playing and all that stuff. Um, extra live stream from us is forthcoming. Uh, if you haven't donated yet, go donate. Any amount helps. The link will be in the show notes. Um, yeah, we'll do something. You can cool vote for, for any of, or you can donate to any of us individually as well. Yes. That said, I'm pretty. Or as of this moment, Charlie is significantly in the lead. I'm in the lead. But yeah, that's about there's it. A, it's there, there's a belt on the line for the rest of us. Yeah. I guess I could also probably mention I've been playing um, Valhalla or V-A-L-L-H-A-A, -A, a cyberpunk bartending action game. Say waifu bartender game? Yeah, it's still cool, though. I like it. It's mm -hmm. relaxing. I sometimes just want to come home and play a video game where you make drinks for people. Yeah. I got that game. Um because League of Legends is beginning to make a little more of an impact in my life, I anticipate that is how and where I'll be playing it. That is a good game to um, do it. Yeah, that's a game that could play in bursts. Yeah. yeah. Overwatch is pretty prohibited from that because Overwatch is very like, we own your monitor, you can't do anything yeah. else in the No, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, so part of my spurring to... So at Indicate, I actually talked to one of the um, publishers behind the game, and... I'm now trying to figure out how you make a video out of this game because I talked to him extensively. I'm like, yeah, I fucking love that game. It's super charming in a weird way that I just can't quite explain. But good lord, is it almost impossible to make a video for that game? Mm-hmm. My question yeah, continues. I saw that the Indicate video went up, but I haven't had a chance yes, to go the, and uh, watch it. Oh, yeah, the Indicate video is up. That's the other thing I did with this week. I got that edited finally. Go watch it. There's some cool stuff and some cool people in it. Mm-hmm. I called Jim and Alex a douchebag in them, and it, that's about it. <laughs> okay. Nothing new there. Highlights. I don't know. You didn't get any of them called out by their uh, by the voice actor of one of their favorite characters. <laughs> I, I saved that behavior for you, Jeff. You're for special. me. Oh, I'm special. Oh. I'd pay for the voice actor to call them a douchebag in person because they're there. <laughs> no, so the Indicate video is up, and you can now finally see the game I was talking about, which is Perception, which is the game from the uh, Dark Union of Dark Space and Bioshock people. Ooh. That game looks cool. That game looks really cool. That game lost many nightmares, probably, but yeah. Moving on. You ready for news? I am ready for news. Time for some news, then. So, uh, first up. I got some division news for you. Mm-hmm. Oh, joy. Uh, in, in the way too late, way too little category for me, the uh, next expansion for the division will turn it into a 24-player survival game, meaning they're adding a mode that 
maybe should have kind of been in the game all along where you're managing resources. Uh, they're adding a survival, not horror, but a hardcore survival element to it where your character is sick and needs water and food and medication and you're trying to survive for as long as possible kind of thing while still going out and doing division-ass crap. Mm -hmm. And this is significantly more in line with the ad campaigns for the game prior to its release. And I'm not sure I necessarily want this, but elements of this in the primary version of the game would have been kind of cool in my book. I, d I think I may have enjoyed dealing with some of these systems in that context. It would have it would have added more to the kind of thin exploration practices of the division. So if you're still playing mm -hmm. the division, what the hell's wrong with you? But you got something cool to look forward to at least. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. Well, it's it's interesting, and I don't know if it's good or not to see that they're still supporting it, and that they just haven't just like tossed it at like I. Can, if you compare this to say, um, oh god, what was that game that I was dead ass fucking wrong about? The um, very MOBA ish uh, Overwatch competitor, Battleborn. Like, I'm pretty sure was it Gearbox is like cut that limb off by now. I think they've released a couple more characters, but yeah, like, as much as we do shit all over the division because fuck it, why not kind of thing, the level of support that game continues to receive while maybe ill-fated is commendable. Like, that's the way to stand by your games, guys. Like, that's that you deserve some credit for. Yep. That said, try or <laughs> the flames are a fanning. Yeah, I... Uh, it, it literally comes back for me for it's like I don't like how the combat in that game works. Enemies are too spongy. And that's coming from a guy who's fine with the Destiny bullet sponge approach. Like, I'm okay with some bullet sponge. That game is too spongy. Mm -hmm. Where a dude in a hoodie is shrugging off like four clips of machine gun ammo. That's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, maybe we'll do something... I'm curious about the survival system. That that kind of seems like a cool thing to me, so I may finally go check that game back out when that launches. But moving on from that, to Vivendi now owns roughly 25% of Ubisoft. It's really interesting getting to see this slow motion. Like, we all know the visual of the amoeba slowly swallowing the smaller piece of bacteria. But we can actually see, like... Vivendi has just unhinged its jaw and is just starting to get its tongue on Ubisoft. So this is kind of interesting. Yeah, so to put in perspective, they own more than 24%, but not exactly 25% of Ubisoft at this point. And... 24.7. Something like that. <laughs> yes, exactly. It's another 0.7% of a game. Mm -hmm. Or of a company. But yeah, it's... Despite the fact they had ample chances to kind of maybe force some of their leadership or representatives into important roles in Ubisoft, they seem, as Jeff pointed out, kind of content to slowly swallow the company, just slowly buying up chunks as they go. Mm -hmm. For reference, last October, Vivendi controlled only 10.39% of Ubisoft, and now it's, well, up there. I kind of expect this to be one of those exponential things where yeah. 
Vivendi now or now that Vivendi has the strength to bully out 25%, other people are going to not want to stand in their way. And I can see other like shareholders parting with their shares to uh to like get out while the getting's good kind of thing. Yeah, I don't know what I think is going on anymore. It's it's simply as po- it's simply possible that someone at Vivendi said we don't want to actively control Ubisoft, but we want a chunk of their profits. And this is how you go about mm-hmm. doing that. They, they have chances, they've had good chances to force more of their control into the company, and they've chosen not to. Maybe it's a, they want 75% before they swallow the whole thing up. But at the same time, this may be no more complicated than we want a controlling interest, but we don't want to really control things. Like, it's running fine as it is, so why would we fuck with that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, running fine enough. <laughs> yeah, I find it interesting to watch because it's you don't get, you don't to, get watch, to watch that every day. Yeah, like a takeover yeah. in slow motion doesn't happen that frequently. Mm-hmm. But speaking of takeovers, Blizzard has announced the newest esports venture of the Overwatch League. Mm-hmm. As a resident Overwatch so. expert, Jeff, what do you know of this? Literally nothing. <laughs> Fair. There's not uh, much out there. Let's say I didn't pay much attention to BlizzCon, and I, as I mentioned, I've been watching Red vs. Blue the last couple of days, so yeah. I guess I missed that one. I was hoping to have news from BlizzCon, but the news from BlizzCon is, hey, Sombra's a chick with neon hair and a cool skull skin if you unlock it, and Necromancers are coming to Diablo 3, which has Charlie going, I should play more Diablo 3. That's a cool game. <laughs> that is your BlizzCon summary. Yep. Oh, yeah, and um, they're remaking Diablo 1 inside of Diablo 3, which is also pretty cool, but Necromancers. Mm-hmm. Because fuck you, Witch Doctor. Fuck you. <laughs> but I was going to say, um, it sounds like they're trying to get in on doing exactly what League of Legends did. It's interesting that they're only doing Overwatch when they have so many other very successful competitive games. So those already exist, and they are run by Blizzard. This is kind of another iteration in the Blizzard oh. esports family. Okay. Yeah. Um, it'll be interesting to see how they monetize it and how they try and use it. Because um, as we are now seeing, some of these companies are getting TV deals and stuff, and I wouldn't be surprised to see, like, Blizzard cuts a deal with ESPN and is like, look, you could advertise Riot, but we have more than one game that we can pimp through you. So, like, we can run StarCraft, we can run uh, Overwatch tournaments, we can do mul- or multiple iterations of StarCraft, actually, plus WarCraft. Like, they have a lot to give in that area. Yeah, so to read directly from the Gama, uh, from the Gama Sutra article that mentioned, I've read about this in the first place. That's a great name, by the way. Gama Sutra? Yeah, it's a great yeah. one. I'm a fan of them. They they do some good stuff. If you don't know Gama Sutra, go check them out. They do good work. But, uh, so to quote them directly, the league has been established with a focus on sustainability and accessibility with Blizzard explaining it wants to give people the chance to establish the types of professional careers associated with traditional sports. Like you, okay. like you kind of extrapolated, they're League of Legends in it, but they're also doing it in-house as opposed to kind of going to outside options. Yeah, because you can watch with League of Legends like how Riot has stepped in and they've started doing things like stipulating or um, enforcing team pay, having forced like 
player benefits and stuff and starting to actually like make some of these organizations operate like companies yeah and treat the players like employees as opposed to like i don't know um just like freelancers i guess yeah no and the article goes on to talk about how blizzard plans to once you hit a minimum kind of scale or once you qualify you will be approached with a baseline minimum salary and benefits package and all that stuff but this all kicks off in 2017 so we'll have to wait and see neat yeah tryouts i assume are kind of happening now where they're searching for players so a lot of these teams are already roaming around like there's a there's a couple of teams that like cloud nine envy envy us and like uh some other teams that are like these are the staple teams of sure. overwatch at the moment Ah, sure but. so moving on from that we have a kind of mass effect update um N7 Day was yes. upon us. It's come and gone, much to my sadness, because I love N7 Day for the most part. But we got a new uh, Mass Effect Andromeda trailer. I, I want to get excited about this game, but I can't. Say, as a person who, on this podcast, we've discussed where I'm at with the Mass Effect series, enlighten me on this one. So... Oh. I have very simple criteria for liking Mass Effect games. And they are, does it have Krogan in it? (laughs) And I'm not seeing no Krogan yet, so I'm a little concerned. Mm Mm-hmm. But, so basically, we have a new trailer. It shows off some of the new stuff. The game, it it looks very pretty. It shows off some of the characters kind of in action. It doesn't actually show anything, which is part of my frustration. It's all rendered trailers and cutscenes, as best I can tell. Like, maybe that's gameplay, and that'd be pretty cool if it was, but it doesn't feel like an actual trailer. It feels like a, hey, look at the pretty. Hand-waving, hand-waving, hand-waving. Mm-hmm. It shows off the new Asari, though. Someone kicks a rock over a ledge, and a gravity well happens. It looks... All very impressive in motion. There's some new kind of weird biologically inclined enemy that's all kind of gnarled on the outside, which is cool, but I I just want a goddamn gameplay trailer at this point. It's all I want. Because those games are, between the three of them, they are actually all fairly different mechanically. Um, Two and they? three are pretty similar. Uh, the... Uh, the jump from one and two is a game, a, a jump I point to as maybe the best sequel moment ever, where it's like, no, no, we took what you loved about one and got the combat to where it was supposed to be kind of thing. Like, we we figured it out. It's no longer kind of clunky in that regard. You can enjoy both the second-to-second combat and the breathtaking RPG elements. Mm-hmm. And threes kind of, they refined some parts of two and... Mucked up some parts of 2. Uh, 2 is the best Mass Effect game to date. Okay. 3 is three has some damn cool moments and looks cool, but 2 is the best Mass Effect game to date. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no. That was, that was my only question. Yeah, go check out the trailer. It's neat looking. If you're, like, if you're a fan of Mass Effect, it's coming in 2017, allegedly. We'll probably do something with it when it comes out, because I like the Mass Effect. I saw a thing that was like... 
I think it was the escapist was trying to say like, here's how to try and sign up for the Mass Effect Andromeda multiplayer beta. Yeah, I want nothing to do with any of that. Okay. I, I want to go into that game clean <clears throat> and pure and kind of unaware of what I'm getting myself into, like I did with the first Mass Effect game. Like I, I part of my love for the Mass Effect games is because I went to that first one completely blind as to what the fuck that game actually was. And that was super cool because that game was surprising. And then 2 was the same way where it's like, hey, um, it's still Mass Effect, but yeah, it's darker and grittier. And then the third one happened where it's like, yeah, we can't do anything super new because we're the third game in a trilogy, but it's all kind of coming to terms with the end of this franchise from here on out. Which was not nice, but they, a lot of people don't like the end of Mass Effect 3, and I agree with them. But if you think of Mass Effect 3 as the end of all of Mass Effect, like it's one giant story, it's actually a pretty goddamn good ending. The exact ending, not so much, but the overall arc of the game is pretty fucking cool. Uh, I have to take your word for it because I don't know. No, it's, it's, <laughs> it literally comes down to if you think of Mass Effect from 1 to 3 as one giant kind of story broken across three games, it follows the very traditional kind of rising action climax falling action of a traditional narrative mm -hmm. and the third game is all falling action so it's like yeah we have to kind of tie up all these loose threads and then we have to end it end it at the end and if you choose to think of the entire game as the end of the game as opposed to just the end of the game it's pretty mm -hmm. cool okay yeah that's enough mass effect i believe um you ever own a sega genesis jeff I never had the fortune. Well, you I might have be able to. Because mm -hmm. they're returning to production in Brazil. Really? Okay. Yeah, the the 16-bit video game consoles returning to retailer shelves in Brazil. That's, complete with legal? SD card and AV support. <clears throat> and is Sega aware of this? I think so, but... Yeah, it's been almost 30 years since this happened, so... Yeah, wow. Alright, that's interesting. I mean, patents usually run out after, what, like 11 years or something like that? Don't know. Um, so, to be fair, Decoy has officially licensed the device to make the things. They made some upgrades. There's an SD card slot and AV good cables. for 20 years Yeah. from the filing date. Yep. All right, so, yeah, we're past that number. No probably. HDMI support, though. <laughs> I When I bought the TV I currently have, well, when me and my roommate went out and got it, I bought the PlayStation 4, he bought the TV. There's a very big, this TV needs to have a component out. <laughs> it, I, I, ha, I have needs. <laughs> I have my needs. Yep. And their names are N64 and PlayStation 2. <laughs> That's more component in at that point, man. Or, sorry, component in, not component yeah. out. But, yeah. So, my TV has that. Yeah. Most TVs still do, or you can buy a device that will do that. Mm-hmm. They're like okay. five bucks. I have a couple kicking around my apartment. Yeah. But, um, so you put the low preseasoners upon us on our news docket. We kind of went into that. You want to give an official kind of newsy version of the new full yeah. season? So the new LOL season is here. All the art is now available to like everyone. So all the plants, all the 
jungle changes, all the assassin changes. It's all there. So and what changes I can tell, are there? Oh, Jesus. Um, they changed a mastery point. They changed all the assassins. So that was like eight or ten champions they reworked. They changed the jungle around so there's now different types of camps. Um, so they made them a little more versatile to the different types of junglers, I believe. Mm-hmm. Right now, burst damage is kind of the thing, so assassins are running rampant. Sure. Um, the one game I played today was literally whichever assassin saw the other one first nuked the other. Um, they added the plant things to the game. They've added um, whoa, pink whoa, whoa. wards have Plant changed. Things? They have these plants that spawn randomly, and the there's a vision one that when you punch it, it dies, and you see everything for like a cone of vision behind it, hmm. so it's directional. There's the bomb plant that um, when you blow it up, launches you in the direction of wherever you're, you're the opposite of the plant, so that one's used to like... If you and an enemy run over at the same time, you put them on the opposite side of the plant, and then you hit the plant, and it launches them away from you, and um, you can get away safely. Mm. Um, and then there's a health plant that just drops health. Sure. And they spawn randomly, so they're kind of hard to depend on. Is um, that a good thing or a bad thing at that point? Because I know you like the fact the game's kind of not predictable, but this is how it works mechanically, the, the clockwork mechanisms you enjoy. Yeah. Well, the thing is, with a lot of the clockwork mechanisms, because people know where you'll be within reason, like, it forces... That, in a way, causes more conflict because people know where to anticipate each other than if it was pure random. Sure. And the jury's kind of out on the pure random. Um, I don't know yet. I've only played one freaking game. Well, I think like, and in, I've in played past podcasts, we talked about how that was your gripe with... Um... Heroes of the Storm, or part of the Storm? It's Heroes of the Storm, right? Well, Heroes of the Storm's the Blizzard one. Yeah, because it has some more random elements where it's like, hey, go do this objective quickly. You have to go get this stuff and send a golem at them or something. So so that one, I mean, my list of gripes with that game are a bit more than just that. Sure. One of them is that the maps are random, and some characters are a lot shittier on certain maps than others. Sure. Depending on what the objective base is. Um, I also don't like the minute you start picking characters and shoehorning them in roles and like building around that, like in Heroes of the Storm, there is quote unquote, like a siege class and all they do is split push. They can't hurt champions. All they can hurt is structures. Mm. You officially created the most boring, uninteractive, ignore your team, ignore your opponent's class. And it's now a requisite Ah. because you've balanced around it. And I do not enjoy that. No, fair. Um, needless to say, there are plenty of people who probably understand the game better than I do and understand how that class is supposed to be used or not used or a million things that could probably be said. I'm not here to knock Heroes of the Storm. Sure. Um, I just prefer League of Legends. Um, so RNG can be good. RNG can also be bad. It depends on what it's controlling. If it's something like... One of the bad things about the plants is... Someone could be fucking dead to rights, running away, and then a health plant just happens to spawn, like, under their feet, practically. And someone who should have died by all means 
gets away because the R because R and Jesus reached down with his hand and poked that guy on the head. Ah, uh, sure. And people are not fans of that. Yeah, it sounds <laughs> kind of contrary to what League is all about, and like Dota for that matter, where it's the how well do you know this map? Yeah. Like I said, but there's also the things of people know the map really well. Maybe you need it, or they're trying to throw some like a tiny wrench in the gears in some way to force people to play a little differently. Sure. Um, I understand the method to the madness. Whether or not it will pan out is a whole nother, or is anyone's guess. Sure, sure. So, yeah. so that's a, a brief summary of the great spectrum of shit they changed. Not fair. I- but are they mostly the good reason- changes? Or are they a tad unfortunate? Well, I've only got one game under my belt, so it's hard for me to say. And the one game I played was support. Fair. Um, that said, as a support, I felt rich as fuck. Then again, I got an S plus on support, so it's kind of hard or hard to say. Um, but they, the chain, there are changes that I like that are in here. I like the changes to the jungle. I haven't tried them yet, but I like there being versatility between what you can do. Like if you want to play tanky or want to play damagey, because the jungle is one of the few flexible roles in that regard. Um, and then depending on the season around, it can really change whether or not like tanks are good or whatnot. And I like tanks, um, just a personal thing. Um, so right now I think it's, or it's hard to say where it's at. Next week, hopefully, I'll have more data for you. Nah, play more. Let me know. Mm-hmm. I suspect the season ain't going anywhere anytime soon, like it's a season or something. When does the next yep, one start, no. actually? Um, December is when the... Right now, it's technically preseason. They'll probably uh, make a few more little changes, and then as of December, it's going to be like... This is... or Changes will happen, but this is pretty much what you're dealing with for most of the rest of the year. Yeah. So. Well, so that, that's it for our news. Not a ton happened in the gaming world this week, for better or worse. Still getting used to this whole recording on Wednesday thing. I, a lot of stuff seems to happen <laughs> on Wednesday in the gaming world that I don't find out about till Thursday. So we'll see how next week shakes out. Mm-hmm. But so, given uh, me and Jeff's uh, mild melancholy and the state of the world, we thought it might be fun to talk about our um, happy place video games, if you will. The... The games me and Jeff play when we're feeling sad or down or depressed or tired or angry or when I need some Hagen Doss and a beer. Yeah, basically, exactly. <laughs> actually, <laughs> our, our our soothe for our mortal souls, if you will, kind of that that friendly hand that comes down in video game form and goes, "It'll be okay. Go kill some shit now," <laughs> or something along those lines. Uh, not our most serious topic or whatever, but me and Jeff kind of need this one today. So you want to start this one off, Jeff, or should I? Uh, I'll start it. Um, so for me, I play so many competitive games because, like, the big thing for me when I play video games, I like the uh, kind of it's kind of like the most dangerous game kind of thing. Like, f- outsmarting a person feels great to me. Um, and that's why I enjoy games like Overwatch and League of Legends where I'm constantly fighting people. But the times when it's like I just finished finals in college or whatnot, and it's like I just want to click off the brain, not try, not get like emotionally invested <laughs> into the game and like get my blood pressure going. 
the games I tend to go to are I tend to go to much like, you know, as you put my happy place games. And one of these that is absolutely like a minor go to is actually Assassin's Creed Black Flag. That's a good one. Because it's kind of hard to be upset while pirating. Yeah. Um, until they drag you out of the animus. Yeah. <laughs> The few times they fucking do that bullshit is like, nope, nope, just unlock the rest of the map. I have no need for the rest of the Assassin's Creed game that you shoehorned in here. Just just let me be. Put me uh, on Edward this goddamn Kenway. boat and let me go hunt a whale. For the love yes. of God. Yes, let me go do some things that are very illegal in the modern era. <laughs> um, so that's actually been one of my like kind of go-to ones. Um it's actually funny because playing it, it's one of the few games I play that has dialogue I actually have to listen to. Yeah. So I can't like watch a stream or something while it's going on. Sure. And that's like mildly fr- that's like one of my weird mild frustrations. Yeah, you could get you you could ignore the story of Assassin's Creed. No one mm-hmm. actually cares about the story of Assassin's Creed. Oh I know. I just get dropped into a level and go, Okay, what am I doing? <laughs> Stabbing some um, dude in the face probably. Most likely. Yeah. But until I get there, it's not stabbing a lot of people or yep. stabbing a couple people. Not as often stabbing everyone. <laughs> um, yeah. I still love my the theory from, I remember in the first Assassin's Creed game, your health bar was your synchronization bar. Yeah. And every time you killed someone, you got a bar of synchronization back. So by that logic, every time you kill someone, you are therefore one tick more perfect with the actual events of history. So clearly in the actual events of history, Altair murdered every motherfucker on his way out of the city. Yep. Um, at least that's my theory kind on of it. a dick. Established. <laughs> um, with a high kill count. So that's one of them. The other one is I like to play either like a Pokemon game or the Binding of Isaac and just put on like Never good anime, but like just good enough. Like I want, or I can remember one of like the best things that I ever had for like just pure soul was back when I used to live in Lowell. There's this place called Wings Over Lowell, and they sell amazing fried chicken. And they have have to with that kind of name. Oh yeah, and they have all kinds of like. There's like wings over Boston, wings over Worcester. They, it's wherever the place is. I feel like we've over. actually talked about them at least once on the podcast. Oh yeah, they definitely come up. But their honey mustard wings are fantastic, and for like the same pro- or not much more than the price of like a pound of chicken, they will give you fries and a drink with it as well. So I had some of that. And I was playing a whole bunch of The Binding of Isaac and mm. watching Witch Hunter Robin. That's a combo. Which is, yeah. And Witch Hunter Wa- Robin is not bad. It's it's Nothing on the, fucking happens yeah. until the end, yeah. though. <clears throat> well, the first three episodes are like pedal to the floor, and then not, uh, not a lot happens followed for a while. Followed by 20 episodes of philosophizing, <clears throat> followed by four episodes of Now Everyone Dies. Yes. That said, I do enjoy the show. I, I don't know, know how, I many times, how many more times I'll watch it in one lifetime. That show and Dot the first Hack Sign are my favorite examples of, wow, so much happens in the last 30 seconds of the last episode that all of the talking prior to it is totally justified. Yep. So watching are that, The Binding of Isaac, and 
delicious, delicious fried chicken was that was that was my Jeff needs some euphoria real yeah. quick combo. Yeah. Maybe that's what I'm like. Or maybe that's one of the things I'm gonna have to do with like all these like weeks of work that have been like wearing me down. I, maybe honey mustard chicken is really what that is the lacking ingredient to in my world. It's surprisingly hard to get acceptable wings in L.A. I've tried on a couple occasions, and every time it's like this was not as good as I wanted it to be. Oh well. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I sometimes find when it comes to honey mustard, when you have a place make it homemade, it can be a bit of a gamble. Yeah. Because I've had some places like this is too much. This is this is just mustard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I've also had like this is mostly black pepper. <laughs> um, I've had some some weird uh, honey mustard experiences in well, one lifetime. To ran us back a little bit on topic, so video games. I guess my version of um, <laughs> your honey mustard bullshit you had going on there. I uh, when I get in a funk, I like playing games that don't make me be me. So I, it's why I have such a love for the Mass Effect games. I played through those during those stressful times in my life. So the chance to be Commander Shepard was kind of cool. Like yep. I. It's also kind of why I actually bounce off games like Skyrim or uh, Fallout in some ways because I don't necessarily want to be me when I play a video game. I'd rather be so-and-so space badass or something like that where it's like, no, no, let me play out their story. I kind of want to know what they're like and let me make some choices. But like when I played Mass Effect, I played it as Captain Badass, for lack of a better phrase. It's like, no, no, our goal will be to do badass things. And we'll see what mm-hmm. happens kind of thing. Like, it's the, what about diplomacy? Is diplomacy badass in this case? Yes, diplomacy it is. We should talk our way out. I'm going to shoot that gas main. That was pretty badass kind of thing. <laughs> no, how, to... did, uh, how did negotiations go? No survivors. Exactly. <laughs> Sometimes it's what you want out of life. I And it's weird because I'm normally kind of, I, I'm very hard on RPGs. Like, I bounce off somewhere it's too much story, but... Ones that have an action bend, but and then don't make you play you, make you play someone else. You can kind of like, okay, what would this character do in this situation? I really enjoy when I'm trying to do a little escapism because I get to be someone else. Like some of my favorite. Geralt the Distant. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> of River Riviera. No, but a, part of why I love the Wisher franchise is I don't have to be me. I can be Geralt for as long as I want, and Geralt has his own bullshit to deal with, and that's not my bullshit, so I get to kind of run away from my problems for a brief period of time. I get to I get to go from having, like, man, taxes, rent, food, etc., etc., to there's a fucking werewolf terroring, terrorizing this town. I guess I'll kill it. Oh, you're going to kill a fucking werewolf? Well, Lottie fucking die, Mr. Santa Claus hair. <laughs> it's, it's like the archer like, dude, I just killed a griffin. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, mm-hmm. so I've, I've actually been playing a lot of, given our current wonderful state of the world, I've been playing a lot of the Valhalla game I mentioned earlier because... There's something weirdly zen for me about a game that's really not so much playing a game as it is just like, this is what it's like to be a bartender. Mm-hmm. People that show up at a bar at 1 a.m. or 1 p.m. in the afternoon are fucking assholes. <laughs> I've been that person. I know. Mm-hmm. I, it's... Say that... Or I was going to say, that's actually one of the weird balance things for me is... 
when I have a game like this, it's I don't like to go into a video game and feel like time has disappeared on me per se. Yeah. Because I have so many things that I do like guitar and stuff like that. Like I always feel like there's not enough hours in the day. So the t- idea of like a game that's like, oh, you just zone out and then hours disappear has never been a big appeal to me. No, so it's yeah. a weird like I like to st- I like the game to still feel very like it doesn't free flow completely like I still feel like I'm playing a game. I'm I feel like I'm playing a game not like I'm one with the game and like it's the the earth is spinning faster because of it kind of as weird as that all that just absolute word soup yeah. just came out as. No, it's so you're actually talking about kind of a, it's, it's why we don't do as much um face and camera videos because when I play a video game, I mean play a fucking video game, like get hardcore in there, like I'm focusing and shit. I kind of go a little zombie-faced. I stop talking. I kind of let myself just drift into that game. Like it's like, no, no, you are whatever this character is. Just kind of go with it. Don't overthink. Don't check the internet. Don't check your phone. It pisses my girlfriend off to no end. But this like, there's something very <laughs> relaxing and enjoyable for me. It's kind of letting go. It's like, no, no, you're still Charlie, but for the next two hours, you get to be someone completely else. And if you fuck up and die, it doesn't matter. You have a save point. You screw up that drink, mm-hmm. you don't get tipped in the game. Whatever kind of thing. Like I, I really enjoy just the escapism that games can provide. And when I'm in a funk, getting a chance to not be me for an hour or two is something I really enjoy and appreciate. It's, when it, it's why I've kept with video games as long as I have because there are some days where it's like, yeah, I just want to be a space marine. I will never live long enough to see actual space marines. But at the same time, they're just cool. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you want to be a badass. Sometimes it's like, no, I'll just I, I'm gonna play some Harvest Moon now. Why? Fucking farming, bro. <laughs> not tending these co- not tending these crops. Life is simple. I'm gonna go hit on the barmaid next. That's it. That is it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I say another happy place game for me, obviously. And you were talking to me about this beforehand. Is Resident Evil Four? Yeah, because that's Jeff's game of the or game of my life. Because <laughs> uh, it's just the like that is that is the one time ever like okay I can just put in a few hours here and like I I know what happens and just kind of like be in control of it. Yeah, I'm actually kind of over. I'm always been a little envious <clears throat> of you for that because generally when I play a video game, I play it once maybe twice and then I'm kind of done with it kind of thing like the fact that you have quite literally played that game way too many goddamn times <laughs> it, it's something mm-hmm. admirable almost like it's not your dead not your dedication <clears throat> to your game but your love for that game I've always thought was kind of cool where it's like no, no it's yeah. like I've never loved a game that much where you play a shit ton of yeah. destiny yeah I play a shit ton of the grind of destiny I don't restart my You're being characters. rewarded at the end of it. Resident Evil 4 is giving me nothing. Yeah, but at the same time, the reward <laughs> is you're playing Resident Evil 4. Like you just have undeniable love for that game, which is kind of cool. Oh, when I say it's giving me nothing, I mean, like, it's not rewarding me for it. It's all my own reward. Yeah, no, exactly. Yep. No, that game's definitely been, been a bit of a happy place game. It's kind of weird because, like, I'm thinking, like, more of the, like, times like that are, like, when I'm young, when I was younger... And when I was younger, obviously, I went to boarding school and didn't have video games. Yeah. Um, that that uh, outlet was taken away from me. Yeah, no, I, I guess I'd be remiss if I don't mention my ultimate happy place game, which is and probably forever shall be the second Katamari Damacy game. We love Ooh, Katamari. That's good. That, 
That's a good pick. It is impossible for me to be upset, grumpy, whatever you want to call it, while playing that game. Really, any of them in particular, but especially Katamari Damacy 2. We love Katamari because, like, I remember when that game starts off and I'm just sitting there going, like, I can't believe they made a fucking sequel to this. Like, how did this happen? <laughs> how are they going to make a sequel? And then the music starts. I, I can still remember, like, it's like it was yesterday, just the first time I kicked that game off where I'm like, how did this get made? I'm super happy, but Jesus fucking Christ, how is there a second Katamari Damacy game? game and then welcome mr sunshine see it's like okay yeah i'm home this bullshit's still awesome fucking oh, yeah my brain was just like can you imagine for us for just one second imagine if the if katamari damacy had the intro or had the um workout song from gantz playing in it it has in my mind <laughs> once or twice. <laughs> that 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 sounds pretty fucking awesome. Yeah, Catamar Domacy, one of the greatest dumb games ever made. I I don't think I've ever told the story of Catamar Domacy in this podcast. Now might be as good as time as any. So the first one mm. came out, and I bought it for like fifteen bucks because back on the PS2 you could do that occasionally. And I'm sitting up in my house playing that game. My mom walks by and goes. What the hell are you playing? And I go, Katamari Damacy, like that means anything. And she goes, so, As if that's an explanation. Yeah, like Katamari Damacy, Mom. You know that super famous uh, title akin to Mario and Halo and the Golden Eye? Mm-hmm. You know the Prince of Cosmos, etc., etc. <laughs> so I'm playing this game, and she goes, like, Okay, what do you do? I'm like, Oh, you roll around a giant ball and collect garbage, you turn into a star. And I think this is my mom's moment of looking at me going, oh crap, he's never going to outgrow this because that sounds dumb as shit and he's been playing it for like 12 <laughs> hours straight. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Oh, God. Actually, to expand on that story, yeah. the first time I ever heard about Katamar Damas, he was in this um, four-time-a-year anime magazine thing that used to come out. It was, like, before Shonen Jump, before Anime USA, before all that shit. It was these crazy fan anime magazine things. And in the corner of one of their game reviews, they were talking about Katamari Damacy. And I remember looking at that going, that is the dumbest thing ever. And then, like, two years later when it came to the U.S., it was on G4, and I'm watching it going, that is the dumbest thing ever, and I need to own that. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty hard to be mad while playing Katamari Damacy. Yeah. Yeah. Even when you fail in Katamari Damacy, it's kind of awesome. Because <laughs> you still rolled around a giant ball of trash and picked up people, and... Destroyed Tokyo, and yeah. Moral <laughs> questions aside, that game is awesome. Nice. Yeah. Maybe I should play that after this. 24 <laughs> hours of Katamari Damacy. That'd be a pretty good Extra Life live stream, actually. That could be. I'd have to dig up the second one so we could play the, like, for people you hate co-op mode. The best co-op <laughs> mode ever. One of you controls one axis. The other controls the other. That's awesome. You ever play that? 
I have not. No. Like player two controlled your left to right motion, and player one controlled your forward and back, and every mission became like a, became like a stabbing contest with you and your friend, where it's like fucking go left. Okay, the other left, you asshole. How to lose friends and influence people? Basically, yeah. <laughs> oh, I got some fond memories awesome. of that. Yeah, we should do something with that. That might be something worth doing. <laughs> I can find my copy. <laughs> I think I still have it. I'd have to get it. Any more feel-good games, Jeff? Um, trying to think. Not much can top Katamari Damacy, really. That's the issue. Yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't think I can follow that one up. Once you roll a Katamari, there's no going back. <laughs> Once you've experienced pure joy, the video game, it's hard to go back. Childhood laughter, the game. Basically, yeah. Rolled up, put into a ball, and then made into a star. Thrown into the night sky to build a constellation. <laughs> yeah, basically. Or quite literally, yeah. So, any person who's feeling down, feel free to grab a copy of Katamari Damacy. <laughs> I keep hoping they're going to release the older ones for the PS4 as, like, um, arcade items or something, because that would make me super happy. Mm-hmm. Because... I don't own lots of games multiple times, but, like, any time they announce a Katamari Damacy game, it's like, yeah, I should probably buy that. Why? Mm -hmm. Gotta keep this train wreck a-going. Mm -hmm. Lord forbid the the world ever not have a relevant ball-rolling game. It is the hero we need and deserve. Yeah. Yeah, no, we deserve this. We did this to ourselves. So it's a game where you roll around a giant ball of garbage. Well, sometimes the ball of garbage starts off really small, and then it gets big, and then it gets big. <laughs> and then it starts, like, eating up small cities. And then you start asking moral questions like, Hey, why is that building screaming I just rolled up? Are we going to throw that into a star? Does that mean people die? <laughs> it's like the episode of Invader Zim when, uh... Those aliens come and kidnap, or they truck away planet Earth to fling into the sun, yeah. their sun, because Earth has lots of fuzzy creatures. Fuzzy creatures burn good. Yep. <laughs> Basically. Then Zim has to save the Earth in order to destroy it. Basically. Oh, God. Yeah. Say, do you want to talk about any more feel-good games? No, or? not really. Like I've, I've said my piece. I, I'm full of delicious navel rum right now, so I, I'm kind of hit my happy. All warm zone. and fuzzy inside. Go that far. So yeah, that that that's that's the feel-good game. That's the game that we we, we should recommend. Navel rum. <laughs> Embracing your inner pirate and thinking about a life on the high seas. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, that that that's the other good advice. Now you just need to combine the two. You or here's the trifecta. You need to combine pirate piss, the beverage, and Katamari Damacy. <laughs> you act like I've. I'm sorry. The first time I won the anime Boston a Katamari Damacy championship, I was probably drunk as fuck on pirate piss. <laughs> and you do not waste Pusser's naval rum. On pirate piss. That's like some. I never mentioned pussers rum. What? <laughs> I never mentioned pussers. That's all I have right now, so I ain't making no pirate piss. Yeah. For those confused, oh, yeah. pirate piss is Mountain Dew and black rum. It's surprisingly yep. okay. 
<laughs> I remember during the uh, the first Extra Life we did, I think you gave a bunch of that to one of your friends. Yes. He was surprised by how much he enjoyed Every, it, I believe. It, it really should be Pirate Piss subtitle. You'll be surprised how okay with this you are. <laughs> it tastes like cream soda, kind of. <laughs> it shouldn't, but it does. Don't let the name fool you. It's still good. Pirate Piss. There's a lot more rum in here than it tastes like. <laughs> Hiding rum since 18-whenever. <laughs> Pirate piss. What are the correct ingredients again? <laughs> What's the ratio when it looks like piss? <laughs> when was Mountain Dew invented? I don't know. Because that's that's the year we get to point at and go that 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 year is at fault here. Yeah, yeah. Other great things I've learned from Nigel: how to make <laughs> pirate piss. You drink part of a Mountain Dew bottle, specifically Diet Mountain Dew, and then you pour rum in, and then you drink it, and then you <laughs> get drunk. It's a very few-step process. But very important steps, nonetheless. <laughs> what? Yeah, want to close now this one out? Now that we settle. Sure. Uh, we are something we, or we are the Wicked Awesome Cassie official Oh, wait, I got stuff before studios. we close it out. Never mind, I forgot. Oh, do you? I forgot, I forgot. We got one question, and we got some commenting on the YouTube. That's worth Ooh. probably talking about. Let me pull that up. I guess while I'm doing this, if you'd like to contact us, you can find us on YouTube as Something Wicked Studios, or you can email us at wickedawesomecast at gmail.com. Again, that's wickedawesomecast at gmail.com. The show notes are down in or the link is down in the show notes. My bad. It will. If you send us an email at it, we will read it and possibly read it on air, like this. So our first uh, stupid tabs. Our first comment comes in from um, U O M I. So Yumi Omi. How do you pronounce that one, Jeff? <laughs> You're asking a dyslexic. Fair. Uh, I'm going with Yumi. Well, it's one dyslexic asking and asking another dyslexic. Basically, so we apologized. Yeah. <laughs> we apologize now. <laughs> They commented on YouTube, and I thought this was fun enough it was worth mentioning. Um, apparently, there is a rocket launcher in Destiny named after us, which is pretty cool. Wait, what? There's a rocket launcher called Something Wicked. Really? <laughs> it's one of the legendary Crucible weapons, but yeah. I, obviously, it's not named after us, but we're egotistic enough to decide it is. Um, it's probably an illusion <laughs> we, or a reference apparently. to the <laughs> Something Wicked that we are actually partially named after. Um, that and me and Jeff are both from... Massachusetts, we say wicked a lot more than we probably should. Wicked pissa. Yep. Sentences no one from Boston has ever actually said that. I've actually heard it used. Fair. Few and far between. Yeah. <laughs> well, so we actually have a... Um, we also had a question in from a guy named Jeffrey who lives up in Michigan. And he wants okay. to know... Who runs the social media and responds to the YouTube comments? And also... What did I do to piss them off at me? Because fuck, that person hates me. <laughs> uh, well, so I'm, I'm I, assuming you're talking the first person perspective of Jeff from Michigan. No, 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 no. We should, yes, that's sorry. That's the question he wrote in. Well, what did I, Charlie, do to piss them off so much? <laughs> I, I, I'm, these are the mechanical workings that Jeff is not involved yes, in, I, so you're going to have to explain this one. <laughs> you're, you're speaking of the wicked man, the runner of our social media, and 
he knows what I did to him, and we'll keep it at that. It, it's a mysterious entity. He is a, he's kind of a tribal lore character. There's many names for him in Native American folk culture, but we've heard him simply as the Wicked Man. <laughs> the walking dude, the tall guy. Yes. The, the, the Wicked Man. The lanky man who handles our social media and stuff. And me and him have beef, despite him working on my YouTube channel. He's totally not me, just making fun of myself. For he is the <laughs> wicked man. Is this the same person that also does the articles? Uh, no, that's uh, Steven. Okay. That is a separate person. Although yeah, I'm sure there's he's... More ha- than, there's more than two of us here. Yes. Crazy. <laughs> we have employees. <laughs> Friends. Valued co-contributors. friend employees. Yes, that's the word I'm looking for. Content <laughs> monkeys. <laughs> it is simple. I hit you with wrench till videos come out. <laughs> yeah, that's why I strategically placed myself a full coast away from you. <laughs> wrench will find you. <laughs> wrench will find me. Volskaya wrench. Dear Jeff's roommate, if you're listening to this part still, hit Jeff with a wrench until I get videos out of him for me. You will be compensated. <laughs> you will be compensated. <laughs> oh, so I'm um, other... Totally forgot about this was part of the Extra Life thing. Um, The guy who works, who's the... um. Extra Life Guild of LA's or LA Extra Life Guild's contact at the hospital listens to this train wreck of a podcast. Really? Yes. Uh, people in power listen to us. Oh, no. That's terrifying. <laughs> so, hi, Dan, if you're listening still. <laughs> Do they have as much to say as your father did when we uh, found out he was listening? No, he enjoys our antics. And he's met me enough times to be like, yep, this is about what I expect from you people. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, hi. You said Dan? Yep. Hi, Dan. You don't know me. <laughs> or actually, you probably know me better than I know you. Yes. Hmm. How does that Weird. feel, Jeff? Uh, Invasive. Yes. Nah, it's, it's totally cool. Yeah. Or how, or how do you know that me and Dan don't actually hang out on weekends? I, I helped him hang a garage recently. He like Tom Selleck. <laughs> <laughs> I want to hurt you for that sentence. <laughs> I really do. And I'm trying <laughs> you to need to start promising to my roommate more, more uh, grandois uh, things in exchange for hitting me with wrenches. Dear Jeff's roommate, I have much gold. <laughs> much gold. Kill Jeff. And Dear Jeff's re- roommate, he doesn't have gold. And you'll be rewarded <laughs> Can confirm. with some of my much gold. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my God. So, on that train wreck, (laughs) would you like to take us out? (laughs) Why not? Again, Jeff's roommate. Much gold. But, yeah, we're Something Wicked Studios. Uh, We're the Wicked Awesome cast, more specifically, the official podcast of Something Wicked Studios. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube, of course, where videos go up. We recently put up our Indicade video. In theory, with our rejiggering of our recording schedule, we will have more videos going up soon. I finally got around to doing a Titanfall video that I look like an idiot in, so enjoy my misery. Metal Gear will hopefully be returning soon. I I think I've decompressed enough that I'm ready for another tale of Solid Snake, but we shall see. 
Uh, Hitman mm-hmm. Man will be back soon, hopefully. Uh, once me and Alex get around to recording Ooh. that again, the adventures of Je- uh, the adventures of Alex and his murder training will continue. Very nice. Yes. Very very nice. Look forward to some stuff as promised. Uh, hopefully, streams will start up soon, but. Uh, looking forward, my work schedule looks kind of manageable, so we'll see. We shall see. But, yeah. I... Solid maybe. Yes. An absolutely conclusive binding. It'll happen eventually. <laughs> but yeah, I also look forward to the Extra Life stream. If you have not donated yet, please do so. Any amount helps the kids out, and we feel pretty good that people that listen to us are generous people. And... In the time in the world we live in now, don't you want to help sick kids? Don't sick kids deserve at least some of your money? I have much gold, and I help the sick kids. <laughs> Again, Jeff's roommate, much gold. Much gold. <laughs> the promise has been made, apparently. The promise has been made. Uh, so we do a little bit of a contest every year. We um, have a belt that we hand out to whoever raises the most money. I'm in the lead. I, I, I won last year, and I'm trying to defend my title. I'd also like a bit of a challenge, though, so um, feel free to donate to anyone who works on the team. Um, Jen from Girlfriend's game, uh, Girlfriend Games is on there. Jeff is on there. I think Jim, I did a kick till he gets his set, set up. Alex is on there. I think Alex is in second right now. Jeff is in last with zero, so help him out a little Ooh. bit. <laughs> but he's on the board still, yep. at least. Yep. <laughs> My participation award is uh, being polished. <laughs> I did a thing. <laughs> yeah, I need I I need to get on it. Yeah. So that about does that... it for us, I think. Alrighty then. Would you like the honors? Yes, I, I think I will claim the honors to say cue the metal. Yeah.